<clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Good to be here, and uh, it's, it's, it feels glad to be sharing what God has put on my heart this morning. Shall we all turn to our Bibles to the book of Exodus? Let us turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 33. And I'll read verse 1 for us. Exodus chapter 33, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. Now, if you look at this verse, we see God talking to Moses. And what God was saying to Moses was God was fulfilling the promise that God gave to the people of Israel when he made an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, to say God was reviving the lives of Israel as he was talking these words to Moses. In fact, God was leading the people of Israel from where they were into the next phase of their lives. And that is what I want to talk to you guys this morning, the next phase of your life. Now, in order to understand what God was saying to Moses here in chapter 33, we need to understand the context in which God was saying these words. Now, if you want to understand the context, we need to go back a few chapters uh, we don't have time to read all the chapters of Exodus, but I'll quickly tell you what was going on before we reach chapter 33. In chapter 14, we see God leading the people of Israel out of Egypt, and the first thing that they encountered was the Red Sea. We know the story of how God parts the Red Sea, and the people of Israel walk on dry land and reach the other side. And God is a miracle there. He saves the people of Israel from the Egyptians and the people of Israel go to the other side. Chapter 16, the people of Israel start grumbling. They were in the wilderness and didn't, did not have food to eat. So God does, uh, that, that God does another miracle and he gives them manna to eat. And as they go a little forward in chapter 17, they start quarreling with Moses, the same leader that God himself appointed and when Moses talks to God in, in chapter 16, or, or in actually chapter 17, uh, Moses says that these people are at a point where they want to stone me to death, Lord. That's the, that's the state of the people of Israel, because they did not have water to drink in the wilderness, that they were ready to stone their own leader to death. So God does another miracle and says, okay, I'll give you water. And out in the wilderness, where there is very little chance to gather water for such a multitude of people, God gives them water out of a rock. And looking at the people of Israel and the way they were responding to all that God was doing in their lives, all the miracles God was giving them in their lives, but still the way they were, you know, going astray, God in chapter 19 and uh, in chapter 20, God starts giving them, God sets some rules. We see the Ten Commandments come in chapter 20, and God gives them the law. 
And now God was calling Moses in chapter 24 on the Mount of Sinai, saying, Moses, come up the mountain because I want to teach you, I want to talk to you about many things that I want to do in your midst, in the lives of the people of Israel. All right? And, and chapter 24 until chapter 31, there was a huge conversation that happens between God and Moses on the mountain of the mountain of Sinai. And, and, and in this conversation that God was having with Moses, God teaches him a, a, a lot of things. God talks about the tabernacle. God talks about um, um, the Ark of Covenant, the, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, what, 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 what dresses the priest should wear, you know, what, what um, the Sabbath should look like. And God teaches Moses a, 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 a plethora of things. And while God was teaching Moses all these things, he was not just mentioning those things to Moses. He was actually talking to Moses in great detail. God was actually telling Moses how the Ark of Covenant should be constructed, what material to use, what, what dimension should it be, you know, where should it be, who should be carrying it. All this great detail is what God was telling Moses. And, and in this span of events that were happening on Mount Sinai, Moses stays up on Mount Sinai for 40 days. And that was still the chapter of 31. Now the people of Israel were at the foot of that mountain and they start getting impatient. And what they do in chapter 32 was they make a God for themselves. They take out all the gold ornaments that they have. They make a golden calf out of that gold and they start worshiping that golden calf. And, they, and this is not just, wor just some random worship to an idol. This is actually they worshiping the idol, saying, you are our God who brought us out of Egypt to the place that we're today. That was, such, that, that was such a low point in the people of Israelites that they stooped down to knowing that they serve a God who is such an almighty God, they've seen his miracles, they've seen what the God has done in their lives all this while. And that is what they do in chapter 32 by bowing to some random idol that they made and calling that idol their God. That was the state in which God was talking to Moses in chapter 33. You know, when you look at, when you look at the, the place the people of Israelites were, God called the people of Israel as a chosen nation. He called the people of Israel as, as his own possession. And having, having done all that, the people of Israel were turning away from God and they were stooping down to such a low point in their lives that they start worshiping another God, even after they get the Ten Commandments where it says, you shall worship no other God but me, they respond in a very rebellious way in chapter 32. And that is where we pick up in chapter 33. And God is saying to Moses, chapter 33, verse 1, he says, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. You know, when, when, when you look at what, what, what they did in chapter 
32, the first six verses of chapter 32 talk about the idol worship that the people of Israelites stooped down to. And if you read chapter 32, verse 7, here's, how, here's what it reads. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. There's something funny in this verse. If you notice the words God was using, he's saying, Moses, go down the mountain, because your people, he's no longer calling the people of Israelites as my people. He's saying, your people have become corrupt. With, with, the, with the acts that the people of Israel have done, God was disowning his own people. He's not able to call those people as my people. He's saying, your people have gone corrupt. You know, and, and th there's a conversation that happens between Moses and God. And if you um, um, uh, jump to verse 11, verse 11, then Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. O Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? God was remind, uh, Moses was reminding God, God, this is, this is your people to begin with. This is not my people. We are your children. And Moses was reminding God, this is your people, God. Do you really want to show anger on these people that you called out of Egypt and you led us all through this point where we are? You know, when, when the people of Israel have realized what they've done, they were, they, they were in such a bad state that they were subjected to God's wrath. If you read, I mean, if, if you read the, the rest of chapter 32, we realize that God's wrath was on those people and 3,000 Israelites died that day. Now, if you imagine the, the state of the people of Israel, they sinned against God, they brought God's wrath on themselves, and they're filled with guilt they were in a position where they cannot face Moses. They cannot face God. They were in a place where they were so, so depressed and they were so filled with guilt in their lives that they might have thought that this is the end of our lives. After God doing whatever he did in our lives, after God showing us so many miracles in our lives, after God delivering us from out of every situation that we encountered all through this journey so far, we left God and we went to our own ways. And that is where God was showing some good news in chapter 33. God says, leave this place, Moses, take these people and go to the promised land that I promised you. Now, for, for the people of Israel, they were so stuck in their sin that they were so stuck in the depression that they were in that they were not able to see the next phase of their lives. But God was showing a door. God was opening a door for them, saying, guys, leave this place and go. This is not the place for you to be. The promised land is where I have plans for you. That is the land that I promised you. You need to leave this place and go.
My question to you, friends, this morning is, have we ever felt that we were stuck in our past some point in our lives? Whatever that past could be, it could be some failure that we had in our lives that, are, that got the best of us. Maybe it was some loss in our lives. Maybe it's some pain. It could be physical. It could be um, um, mental. Maybe, it, maybe it's something that you're, that you're trying to come in terms with in your life that you, you um, are not ready to move on. Maybe you're, 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 you're going through some situations in your life and you don't see a way out. You, you can't you can find yourself coming out of that situation and looking towards the future. If, if you ever found yourself in such situation where you were trapped in your past, trapped in your sin, where you were feeling low, feeling, feeling pulled down by your past, this is God's word to you. Leave this place and go. Leave this place where you are in today. Leave this place where you were or you think that you, you are not able to come out of, you need to leave that place and go to the blessing and the promise that I have in store for you. When, when you think about um, um, God's words to Moses, God didn't say, you know what, Moses, I know you guys have sinned so badly. I need you to go, I need you to go, you know, burn, give me, offer me some sacrifices or, or get your act right and then come to me. God didn't say that. God said, in that place where you are today, in that guilt that you are burning with today, in that sin that you've done and you don't see a way out, leave that place and go to the land that I'm promising you, to that blessing that I have in store for you. You know, sometimes we, we, we often feel that our past has gotten the hold of us and there's no way out. But I tell you, friends, the power of God's promises are much greater than our past. Amen? The power of God's promises are so much powerful and greater than the past that we always look back and feel guilty about, that we feel depressed about, that we feel, you know, you know maybe, maybe God, God cannot use me, God cannot turn situations around for me. But God's promises are much greater than what you and I think about looking at our situations in our past. You know, if, 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 if Moses and the people of Israel do not leave that place, they will be in that same wilderness. After all that they've done, after all that they've sinned, if they do not leave that place, all they will see is the wilderness. All they will see is that sin and God's wrath on their lives. All they will see is, is that same guilt and the same pain that they're going through in their lives at this point. What I, what I want to encourage us today this morning is whatever negativity you have in your life today, whatever, whatever decisions that you're struggling with today, whatever you think is, is, is bringing you down, you need to leave that place and go. God is saying, leave that place. You need to rise up from that place and start moving towards the promises and the plans I have for you. You know, when Jesus was doing his ministry, um, he happens to go to a place called the Pool of Bethesda. And, 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 th th and this is a special pool. 
This is a pool where there were a lot of sick people lying around the pool. And every time the angel came and stirred the water in the pool, the first person to get into the pool used to get healed. And Jesus walks to that pool where he meets a man who was there for 38 years. 38 years. Maybe that man would have tried to get into that pool maybe the first year, the second year, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh year. And maybe after some point, he might have given up. He might have said, well, maybe this is not for me because before I could get into the pool, there was somebody else who was getting before me into the pool and getting healed. And the, man, and the sick man was there for 38 years. And Jesus comes to, and Jesus walks to that man and he, and he asks a funny question. He asks, do you want to get well? You know, if you, if you, you don't have to turn it right now, but if you uh, are interested, you can go read chapter 5 of uh, the Gospel of John. And, 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 and you see that um, um, incident happening there. And, and, by, and by Jesus asking that question, do you want to get healed? He was not really asking if you want to get healed. What Jesus was actually asking was, how badly do you want to get healed? How badly do you want to leave this pool and go live your life? You know, if Jesus was asking that question to us, how badly do you want to get out of that situation, get out of that past that is troubling you today? What, it, what would be our answer? You know, sometimes we, we cling, on to that, cling on to that sin that, you know, we, we don't, we, we, even though we try to get out of that, we always keep running back to that sin. Maybe it's, a, it's that situation that even though we try to get out of it, we find ourselves keep falling into that same situation, falling into that same sin, falling into that same depressed state of our lives. And we don't see a way out and, and, and don't see the promises of God that he has in store for us. You know, God is saying, leave this place and go, Moses. This is not the place for you guys to be. The wilderness is not the place for God's people. I have greater plans for you. I have a land that I have in store for you that, you that you need to go and occupy because that is where I want to see you. That is, what I want to see, that is where I want to see the, my people, the people of Israel. And so God is opening a door in chapter 33, saying, Moses, leave this place. I know you've sinned. I know you've done things that are not, that are not permissible even after me giving you the law, the Ten Commandments and whatnot. But I'm giving you a second chance. Our God is a God of second chances, friends. If we can really, if we can really look up to him, he's ready to give us a second chance. The, the, the decision that you and I have to make is, how badly do you want to leave this place and go? How badly do you want to rise up from the situation and go? You know, when Jesus was talking to that man of the pool of Bethesda, and, and he asked, how, how, how um, um, do you want to get well? And the man says that, I want to get well, but before I could go into the pool, somebody else goes into the pool and gets healed. And Jesus says, get up and walk. He didn't say your sins have been forgiven. He didn't say, you know what, I'm going to apply some mud on your body, go clean yourself in the pool. He said, get up right now and walk, because this is not the place for you to be. You've, you've, you've lived at this pool for 38 years, but it's, it's time for you to 
get up, shake it off, and move on to what I have in store for you. You need to leave that place. You need to leave that past. You need to leave that situation that you find yourselves in and need to rise up and go. You need to rise up and go towards what God has in store for us. Let's go back to the book of Exodus, chapter 33. And let's read verse 2. In fact, actually, let's start reading from verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Zebusites. And, and, and pay attention to verse 3. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. And God says, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. Now verse 3 was a little bummer for Moses. God was saying, all right, Moses, I'm giving you a, ch a second chance. You need to leave this place, leave this wilderness, and start marching towards the land that I'm going to give you. And God also says, I'm going to send an angel before you to go and drive out the people that are already there in that land so that you can go and occupy that land. And then he says, but Moses, I'm not coming with you. I'm not coming with you to the land that you go that that you're going to go and occupy and 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 again Moses and God have um, um, have a dialogue there um, and if you want to jump to verse 15 the same chapter chapter 33 verse 15 then Moses said to him then Moses said to God if your presence does not go with us do not send us up from here. If your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us from here. There's, there's a very profound lesson this, that Moses was teaching by saying this to God. You know, when, when Moses was saying these words, Moses and the people of Israel were not in a comfortable state. They were in a place where they were living a nomadic life. They were in the wilderness. They did not have proper food. They did not have water. God was supplying them with food and water as they were journeying through the wilderness. For, for anybody to think from a worldly perspective, from a human nature perspective, it would make perfect sense to go to the land that God is giving them. Because God himself said, leave this place and go. God himself said that I'm going to send an angel before you and, and drive out the people there so you can go and inhabit that land and, and, and you know, live in that land. So it makes perfect sense when God says that go there, but I'm not, go I'm not going to go with you. You know, Moses would, have, Moses would have, you know, very well said, all right, God, I understand that you're, you're, you're upset with us. I understand that we've sinned and, you know, you don't like to come with us, but I appreciate all the help that you did. I appreciate, you know, you giving us the land of, Can uh, the, the, the promised land. So we'll see you soon. And he might have, you know, taken the people of Israel and started marching.
towards the promised land. But Moses was doing something really, really important here. He's saying, if your presence does not go with this God, we are not moving from this place. In other words, to say, we are okay to stay in this wilderness with your presence, then to go to the promised land without your presence. Moses was giving God's presence the number one priority in his life and in the lives of the people of Israel. You know, many times when we, when, when we pray to God, we pray for many things. We pray for many blessings. We pray for, you know, many materialistic blessings. We pray for many spiritual blessings. While all of that is good, how many times are we praying for God's presence in our lives? How many times are we praying for God's presence to be with us every single moment of our lives? You know, it, it, from the beginning, it was God's plan to be with the children of Israel. You know, if you, if you go back a little bit and, 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 and read chapter 25, you know, God talks about dwelling among his people. That was his plan. God always wanted to dwell among the people of Israel. But when God says that, you know, you're a stiff-necked people, I might destroy you, so I'm, I'm not going to go with you, you go to the land of the, 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 the land that I promised your forefathers. Moses was saying, God, if you're not going to come with me, I'm not going to go anywhere. I would rather stay here in this wilderness with your presence than go without your presence to a place that you're blessing me with. You know, what, what, what Moses was teaching here, friends, is sometimes we value God's blessing more than God's presence. Many times we, we, we look towards God's blessing in our lives and miss God's presence in our lives. You know, when, when, when Moses was saying that God's presence is what he longed for, what, what he's teaching is we need to long for God's presence like never before if you want to step into that next phase of your life. You know, in Psalmist Psalm 42, verse 1 says, As the deer panteth for the waters, my soul pants for you, God. It's not a wish. It's not, it, it's not, it, it, it's good if you were here, Lord. It's panteth for God's presence. You know, um, in another Psalm, Psalm 84, verse 2, um, uh, the Psalmist says, My soul earns for you. My soul faints for the courts of the Lord. You know, whenever when, um, I, I, I think about panting and earning God's presence, um, uh, reminds me of this expression, running out of breath. You know, when someone is running out of breath, the only thing that they need at that point is some air to breathe in. Just like we say running out of breath, how many times are we running out of God? Or, or, or maybe an even important question to ask is, how many times are we able to realize when we're running out of God? You know, when, when I talk about running out of God, it, it gives a picture of a fuel tank in my head. You know, when you're driving in your car and you see the fuel indicator showing low, you know what to do. You need to go fill your fuel tank. Now, in the Old Testament, God's presence resided with the people in a tabernacle. 
in the New Testament, in, in, one, in, in uh, the first epistle to the Corinthians, Paul says that, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost? God's presence resides in you and me today. The question is, are you valuing God's presence or are you valuing God's blessing? Are you, are, you, are you focusing on the blessing that God is going to give you and neglecting God's presence in the journey towards that blessing? Or are you giving God's presence your number one priority? If, if you focus on God's blessing, maybe he'll give you that blessing. But what you've lost is the connection with God as you journey towards that blessing. You know, when you, when you pray every day, how many times are you praying about your wants, your, your, your blessings that you want from God, and how many times are you praying about God's presence to fill your life that day? You know your prayers. God knows your prayers. Longing God's presence like never before. That's what Moses was doing, even in a situation when he desperately needed to go to that land, when he desperately needed to go grab that blessing. He was still saying, God, I don't care how blessed that land is, but I want you to come with me. Without you, I don't want to step, I, want to take, I don't want to take a step further because your presence is what we long for. I know you're going to give the blessing, but if his presence is with me, I can grab every other blessing that I need in my life because God is a God who cares for us. God is a God who provides us. The word of God says the plans of God for us are plans of welfare and not of destruction. So if, if you long for God's presence, not only will you get that blessing you're looking for, but you will have a blessed life you'll have a blessed state in your life as you journey to grab all those promises and blessings God has in store for you. The question is, are you longing God's presence as much as the air you breathe or as much that you don't want to live a day without his presence in your life? That's what Moses is doing in chapter 33. He's saying, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't send us from here. And if you read further in chapter 33, verse 17, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. Now when Moses said those words, God said, all right, Moses, I'm pleased with you now. I've learned that you value my presence more than everything else in your life. I know you're in the wilderness. I know this is not a comfortable spot for you. But nevertheless, you asked me for my presence. So he said, okay, I will, I will do what you asked me. And, and, and in verse 18, God, um, Moses asked for God to show his glory. You now, if you read verse 18, this, uh, then Moses said, 
nor show me your glory. And, and God says in verse 19, okay, Moses, I will show you my goodness. Moses was asking God for his glory. God was saying that I will show you my goodness. What, what God was saying was, you know, no man can live seeing my glory. So I'm going to show you my goodness, Moses. And, and, what does, and what God does is God asks Moses to stand on a rock. And he says, I'm going to pass by you, Moses. And as I pass by you, you will see the back of me as I pass by. And, 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 and by saying that, what God was saying, what God is teaching Moses is, as you see me pass by, as you see my behind, as you see my back, you are to follow me. The third thing that God was teaching Moses is to follow God as he is going to lead the people of Israel to the promised land. You know, we have many instances, many instances in the Bible where God talks about going in front of us and we following him. If you turn to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 1, And verse 30, Deuteronomy 1, 30. The Lord your God, who is going before you, will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. God is a God who, what? Goes before you. And not only he is going before you, he's going to fight for you so that you can go behind him as he shows you the way. And if you also look at John chapter 10. I'm going to quickly read John chapter 10, verse 4. It says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. God was talking here about he being a shepherd and we being his sheep, as the shepherd walks in front of us, he says, the sheep recognize my voice and they follow me. We need to recognize God's voice and follow him. You know, we keep singing that song, the world behind me, the cross before me. You know, as long as we, that song remains a song in our lives, it's a good melody to sing. But if that song can become our prayer, and if that prayer can become our lifestyle, we're going to start seeing a change in our lives. The world behind me and the cross before me. God was teaching the people of Israel what it takes to step into the next phase of their lives in, from the situation that they were in. God was saying, leave this place and go to the, to the promise I have in store for you. To the land that I promised your forefathers. I want you to go and inhabit that land. I want to go claim your promise that I've given you. And secondly, 
we see Moses longing for God's presence. We need to long for God's presence like never before if you want to step into the next chapter of your life, if you want to step into the next phase of your life. And thirdly, God is teaching Moses, you longed for my presence, and as I lead you to that blessed state of your life, I want you to follow me. I don't know, I don't know what, what um, uh, situations you're going through, friends. I don't know what is bringing you down. I don't know where you are. But whatever situation or whatever thing is pulling you down, whatever is standing in front of you before God as a wall, whatever is blocking you from reaching out and proclaiming and, 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 and claiming the, the promises of God, God is saying, leave that place. Whatever the place that is in your life, leave that place. And God is going to fill us with his presence as we ask for him to come into us and reside in us. And God is saying, I will lead the way. Follow me. You know, when we talk about God opening doors, he's not a God who's going to open and hold the door and say, good luck. Go figure out on your own what you need to do. He's a God who not just opened doors for us. He's a God who leads, in, who leads our way. He goes in front of us and he fights the battles for us. You know, we, we, we hear that saying from the Bible, the battle belongs to the Lord. While the battle belongs to the Lord, the, the, the battle that God is going to fight will only make sense to you if you follow him. If you sit back and ask the Lord to fight your battles, it doesn't make sense because you're not following him. You, you're not there with him in that same path. You know, many times we, the, the, the idea that we have is, I want to kick back and sit and watch God do everything for me. God is saying, while I'm there to fight your battles, you need to make that decision to leave that place you're in and, make, and take that step forward. Unless you leave whatever is bothering you in your spiritual life, whatever is bringing you down, whatever you're, you're, you're uh, uh, feeling stuck in your life, whatever that sin is, whatever that negativity is in your life, whatever that guilt is in your life, whatever that pain is in your life, if you don't leave that place, all you will see is the wilderness. All you will see is that situation in your life. All that you will see is, is no progress in, in the journey of your life. What are you stuck in today, friends? What do you think you need to break down so that you can reach out to the promises that God has in store for you? You know, we're still in the first month of this year, 2022. I don't know what this year looks for us, looks like for us. But if you are willing to let this year take you into the next phase of your life, you need to do these three things. You need to leave from that place. You need to rise up from that place, shake it off, and take that step forward towards the promises and the purposes of God. 
Secondly, you need to develop a, a, a habit of longing for God's presence like never before. You need to ask God to fill you with his presence every single day of your life. And that should be your topmost priority. The blessings and whatever you need in your life will flow through that. But God's presence should be our number one priority. And thirdly, as we are ready to rise up and as we are ready to ask God to fill us with his presence, God is saying, follow me. I'm going to lead the way for you. Let's look to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for speaking to us from the lives of Israel this morning. Lord, whatever situation we are stuck in, whatever past that we feel we are stuck in, whatever that looks like in our lives, Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to leave that place, to rise up from that situation, to leave our past behind and look towards you. Look towards the prize that you have in store for us. Lord, when we look around, when we look towards our situations, when we look at the place that we are in, maybe what we are seeing is a heart filled with guilt, with sorrow, with suffering, with pain. But Lord, as you are giving the people of Israel a second chance, we serve the same God and we believe that you are ready to give us a second chance. Lord, help us to have the courage to rise up from that situation, rise up from that past, rise up from that guilt, from that pain, whatever that is standing as a wall between you and us. Help us to break, help us to break those chains and help us to look towards you. And as we make that, make that step forward, teach us to pray, teach us to long for your presence. Not as a good to have, but as the ultimate source of our lives. Help us to live, help, help us to live each and every day of our lives being filled, being refueled with your presence so that we can live in your presence. We can, we can walk our ways with you in your presence with us. And Lord, as you are with us and as we step forward to whatever you have in store for us this year, whatever this year has to bring to us, Help us to face those situations. Help us to face those giants in 2022 with you in front of us, with you leading our way, with you fighting our battles, with you taking us to that promised land, that blessed state, that, that blessing that you have in store for us, whatever that looks like in each and every one of our lives. We give ourselves to you this morning, Lord. 
help us to step into the next phase of our lives, just like how the people of Israelites did in chapter 33. Lord, I pray for everyone who's gathered here this morning. Whatever they're praying for, whatever they're looking towards you for in their lives, I pray that you grant them in due time. I pray that you fulfill their heart's desires and help us to fill us with your presence. Help us to fill our hearts with you as we leave this place. I entrust all of us into your hands, Lord. Take us into your hands and mold us the way you want us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.